God, but I didn't have a good relationship with him. All that changed about a year ago. You see, I got sober. I stand before you today as a sober woman. <laughs> who gained custody of her kids and loving family, a job, a home, a good relationship, a sober mind, and so many more blessings. I could mention, but we'd be here all day. But you get the picture. And when I couldn't love myself, God loved me. And he never gave up on me. Isaiah chapter 30, verse, verses 19 through 21. In this chapter, there's a promise from God that let he who has an ear hear. People of Zion who live in Jerusalem, you will weep no more. How gracious he will be when you cry for help. As soon as he hears, he will answer you. Although the Lord gives you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, your teachers will be hidden no more. With your own eyes, you will see them. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Your time for tears is over. God's got your back. Get what you're gotten for. I love it. So today, I stand before you a sinner who has decided to put my life in the hands of God, to trust in the Lord with all my heart as he's cared for me and loved me and blessed me beyond measure. I know Christ was and is the true living God who came and died on the cross, not just for me, but for you, for the world, so that all who believe in him could have everlasting life in heaven and a relationship with him. Thank you, Jesus. And to all of you who helped get me here, my kids, my family, and thank you especially to Pastor Andy, my brother Rob, and Bo, who I look up to. A lot of people have cool jobs like saving lives, but theirs is the cooler. They help to save souls. Thank you. Awesome. I've decided. Awesome. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, 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 awesome. Love it, love it. How fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I was talking to Kat on the phone. We were, talk we were talking the other day. And I said, so why now? Because we've connected over the past few years, right? So why now, yeah. So a few weeks ago, I was preaching a message, and Paul basically says, I want to apprehend the reason for which Christ apprehended me. Now, raise your hand if you used apprehended this week. Right, nobody uses that word, right? So I want to apprehend the reason that I was apprehended, the reason Christ apprehended me. And so the title of the message was, you've got to get what you were got for. And so I preached that. And I left and I thought, was I trying to be cute? Because I just didn't land. Like, it just wasn't, I just walked out and thought, okay, sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not so good. And uh, let it go. And then I'm talking to you on the phone, and she said, since you preached that message, you got to get what you're got for. I was like, yes, yes. I'm as excited as you are. I was like, yeah, it landed. And, and then you read something to me on the phone. Uh, Forever is a song by Carrie Job, And in one of, the, one of the versions, I don't even know who the guy is, but I looked it up while you were talking there. I looked it up. 
And the guy goes on there, and he talks for, I don't know, four or five minutes, and, and kind, of, kind of riffing and rapping and singing and scripture, and you did better than he did. You read it to me on the phone, and I'm like, maybe you should preach Sunday, because like, it was coming through. She did, didn't she? Yes, thank you. Yeah, you did. So I say this to you. I say it to folks that have a, a story of struggle. More doors will open for you to minister to people than open for me because you have shared experience. And it's not that you know more or I know more. It's that their heart is open because they trust your story. The darkest moments of your life become an opportunity where you minister in doors that I'll never get to walk in. I am, it is pretty awesome. And I am privileged to pour into your life, your family. I was looking for you. I like, you were sitting over there. Now I'm like, where is he? God answered my prayer. They're all here. (laughs) They're all here. I love it. Yeah. You can step up here and step on that platform. That'll help you. And then down into the water. And if you'll face this way. You can sit down and face that way. Uh, out here, sit in this part. I'm going to take you back. So you'll actually turn around. Turn around? Yeah. You got me? I got you, yeah. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. Just as you. <laughs> what I do need to do is not get my sweater. Wet. Never again, <laughs> now, we didn't talk about fear of water before we did this thing. I'm sorry about that. Just put your feet under there so you'll be okay. Yeah. Now, to say how proud I am of you and thankful for God, and I'm thankful that you know it's God. Yeah. You know it's God. Yes. Yeah, the faith, and because of your statement of faith and what you wrote and shared that came out of your heart, that makes all the difference. Because here's the deal. Even when we're stupid and do those ignorant things that we do, self-destructive things that we don't actually want to do, yeah. God knows our heart. And he knows that even though our actions look like we are a thousand miles away from him, there's a part of our heart that is for him. And you let that grow, sis. You let that grow, and you're doing it today. Doing it today. I'm proud of you. you. If you'll put your hand right over your nose, and then the other one right here, together. Yeah. Because of your confession of faith and who he is, who Jesus is, he's the way. He's that power that we need. And I know you know that and you've experienced. I'm going to baptize you into Christ. Old things passed away. All things become new. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for Kath. I pray your blessings on you. I pray for your grace. And for your mercy. To fill her and walk that pathway. Extend your hand. Pray into her life. Lord Jesus, bless her. Bless her family. Guide her steps. Guide her steps. Old things passed away. All things become new. Amen. Oh, I'm okay. You don't have to be okay. All right, Ron, you're next. 
Jesus is the way. Salvation is the faith to say it, and baptism makes it public. My name is Ron, and I've been coming to Christway for seven years. I really never thought I would be here. I'll try to sum up my life as quickly as I can. I'm not a good person, nor do I deserve to be here in my eyes. But I have been shown that everyone is forgiven. I wasn't raised in the church growing up as a kid, and my parents were not good at being parents. Love and forgiveness was not part of their teaching, which probably added to me not growing up well. When my father died early in my life, I was devastated. I couldn't understand why that had happened, and it caused me to hate God and hate religion. This anger that kept building up inside of me had to find a place to go. I wasn't a good person most of the time, and I made many mistakes. I didn't want to live on this earth anymore without my father. I tried several times to do something about it. When my daughter Renee was born, all that stopped. She saved my life without knowing it. But I still carried the loss of my father and the anger I had kept building. I kept thinking, I'm in charge of my life, and I have responsibilities to others now. I can make all the right decisions for me. What a foolish thought. The loss of my father haunted me so much I couldn't get over it. God knew it, and at the age of 25, I died from a severe asthma attack, a blessing I didn't see coming. My doctors reminded me how lucky I was to walk out of that hospital and helped put me on a new direction, a new path. God gave me a reset on life. Due to the four hours with little oxygen, I lost most of my memory, another blessing. What do you do with a complete life reset? Well, I tried to live a better life for me and others and tried to do all the right things, and it didn't work. I still made some big mistakes. Jail, homeless, broke several times. I can say I know what it is like to have everything, including your identity, taken away. I knew I needed to do something different and start living a better life and do things right. Living different is not about trying harder. It's about relying on the Holy Spirit. I've learned to simplify things I can't understand. I'm not driving the car anymore. I have a history of making bad decisions, so it's time to surrender that control and follow a new path that God has given. I noticed the change in me when I wasn't doing things to impress my father to seek his approval. I started doing things as God would want me to do. When I started coming to Christway, I thought my problem was that I had lost all faith. I met Andy, and this guy kept ending all our conversations with, I love you, brother. I wasn't ready for that, but okay. <laughs> How did he know I really needed to learn forgiveness? And once I had that, love would come. I'm thinking faith was an issue, but faith brought me to the church. Andy has been such a great teacher, counselor, mentor, and a rock to me on my path. But in this room, 
There are so many that have made an impact on my life, and family has a new importance to me. I still haven't figured out what I'm supposed to do since he keeps saving my life, but I don't think I need to do that. Galatians 2, verses 19 through 20, for when I tried to keep the law, condemn me. So I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Changing my story is what I'm doing today, and I thank you all for joining me. Amen, amen. Awesome. So sometimes people just in the moment are like, I'm getting baptized, boom. They like jump in the tank. You got to like get your hands on them, right? Not you. No. Thoughtful, reflective, patient, waiting, intentional. And you, 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 you'd, you'd ramp me up a little bit. You'd like say, hey, I'm beginning to consider thinking about it, right? That kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about it, yeah. So this is a big deal, thoughtful, meaningful. But I'll tell you a couple big deals that you've played in my life that are anchors for me. No kidding, anchors. You've been here quite a few years. The gospel that I knew to be the gospel wasn't the gospel that I was raised in. It wasn't the, the message that I was uh, ordained in or practiced for years. There was this new gospel that I sensed. And it was good news, actually. And I saw how that hit you. And when I was in a point in my own life kind of wondering how it hits people, you were eating it up. You were, like, getting it. You're like, that makes sense. I get that. Yeah, yes, yes. So that was years, years and years ago. That was foundational for me. I don't even know if I've ever told you that. And then Arnick and I, we got to share. Was that a moment up here, bud? Unbelievable. One day, Saturday, something. You were in here just doing some stuff. Arnick and I were singing, playing music. And we weren't even expecting I'm not even sure you were expecting to do it. Arnick and I sat on these steps, in the front seats, and, and you stood right there, right in the front, and told us the impact of Jesus and the gospel and this church on your life. Now, as a pastor, you want to believe that happens. And then you gave us the gift of just, and it was articulate, and it was clear. Man, it was beautiful. Anchored us, didn't it? Arnick and I both walked out of that room going, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What a beautiful anchor of faith. I love all that. Those two old sweeties. I think they've all seen what it's done for me. Yep. That's what we do. And you let it keep doing it. Yeah. This is simply an expression. If you're not sure what baptism is and you have a Facebook account, I'll tell you what it is. It's you saying in a relationship. It's you going public. That's what, it, that's what it is. It's not saying in a relationship so she'll start to like you. It's a relationship that's already happening, been happening for years. And today you are going public with in a relationship. And from that space, and that's not where it stops, and we know that. It continues. I'm proud of you, dude. My, my pleasure to do this. Come on.
So, man, you've written about your faith. You've written about your journey. It's encouraging. It encourages me. It encourages others. That's the gospel. It takes your life and changes it. Makes it better. I'm going to baptize you into Christ today. One of my favorite verses in Galatians 3, it says, you're clothed with Christ. Clothed with him. His righteousness covers you. His innocence covers you. It's going to happen for you. Ron, I love you, buddy. And I'm proud of you. And I'm grateful for the journey. And I'm grateful for your courage. And I'm grateful for your tenacity. And I'm grateful that you're kind of a trailblazer in some ways. God is guiding you and leading you, and that's not going to change. And your faith in him is real and deep, like deep water, strong. I'm grateful for that. And I'm going to baptize you into Christ, praying you're filled with his spirit, his anointing rests on you, and that calling becomes ever more clear. That old things, old thinking, old thoughts, old ways, old paradigms, old things passed away. All things become new. In Jesus' name. This pump, yes. <laughs> All right, Hansi. Love you, pal. My name is Hansi Kai Stenson. I am 36 years old, and I have a beautiful 15-year-old daughter. I've struggled with a drug and alcohol addiction ever since I was about 14 years old. The most sobriety I've seen in 22 years was about six consecutive months. Four months ago, I made one of the best life-altering decisions I've ever made for myself yet. I committed to the suggestion of being enrolled as a resident at Next Step. This is when I found my home at Christ's Way. Today, I feel so blessed and relieved to finally have my heart and mind aligned, allowing myself to receive the help I need to not only free myself from the shackles of addiction, but to remain teachable, continuing to grow mentally, emotionally, and spiritually with a very active routine of non-stop recovery. I'm a warrior in my mind. I'm a warrior at heart. There's a warrior in my soul, a warrior's shield on my arm and on my back, a warrior's cloak. Yeah. That's right. Awesome. You need to teach us that during break, man. That was... <laughs> That's how it works. You don't just think about it, you do it. That's what you're doing today. I think this is going to Ron and Dana. Is that right, Gwynny? She's videoing this. 
Ron would know this if he was here. He would say, there are some folks that when we come across them, we're not sure. We're not sure. We're just not sure for a, for a plethora of reasons. You're one of those guys, bro. Like, in the beginning, like, just not sure where that whole thing was landing. And I have seen people come around you, and I've been given the great privilege to do that as well, and just watch as the things that are supposed to work actually work. Right? When you come around somebody in the prayer and the love, and you said you're going to remain teachable. That's it. That's humility. You just continue to listen. I'm going to continue to listen. I love that your faith is growing. When we met the other day, Matt uh, and, and the three of us sat and talked, right? And we talked through that stuff. I left that cafe table just excited, man. Really, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is good. <laughs> and wherever I might have been early on, I mean in the first few days of getting to see you, not know you, just see you. And I was like, man, I'm not sure about this. I left that day going, thank you, Jesus. He is a warrior at heart, pursuing God, letting the Lord use you, living not only in your own beautiful freedom and recovery, but what you get to do for other people. Proud of you, man. Ready? Was it? Comfortable, good. That's what we're going for. Soothing, good. That's what we're going for. I have decided, and you've you've done that, not just today, but you've been doing it for weeks and weeks. And guess what changes when you get out of this water? Nothing. You keep deciding. You keep deciding. You keep saying yes. You keep hanging around with people, just like uh, Carly said, the five people that talk to you, the five people that are in your life, be it the Lord or others, right? And you just keep doing those things. We often say the next right thing, right? I'm, I'm happy to say this is the next right thing for you, and I love it. And we celebrate it with you, pal. So if you put your hand up here. Because of your belief in Jesus, who he is, he's the way, and your faith in him, letting him take over your life and lead and guide you, I'm going to baptize you into Christ. And may his spirit fill you. May he give you wisdom. May he give you power, the power of a warrior, to break yokes and bonds and addictions and that where you are, the spirit, of the, the spirit of Christ is. So I baptize you into Christ. Old things passed away. All things become new. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, good, good. Satisfaction survey says it felt good. Awesome. <laughs> this is what it's about. That's why we get together. That's why we meet for three hours on thir- Tuesday. <laughs> That's why we have leadership and boards and jobs and planning center and 
events and prayer meetings and get, it's, it's about life change. So thank you for being here to support Kat and Ron and Hansi. Make it a special day. You can see this little painting, mural. They signed their names to that today. Those are all the folks that have been baptized in, in this calendar year. And now you'll probably walk around the church and you'll see different ones as it's hanging, different years of, of names of folks that have done that. So we're, uh, we're grateful for that. What we do here, we're going to transition. So this is a time uh, that our kids go to, go to classes. Uh, also a time for you to just connect and say hello to someone. So family and friends, thank you all for being here. Thank you for joining us today. Welcome. We're going to take three or four minutes. It's an opportunity for for uh, home folks to give if that's how you typically do or just connect with someone. But we're just going to take a few minutes and then I'm going to invite you back and I'm just going to share some, a couple things from the word. We've been reading through the book of Revelation. I'm sorry, we've been reading through the whole New Testament, but we're in the book of Revelation right now. We're about to wrap up the year, clearly, being in December. So I'm just going to share a few words from, from that with us this morning. We're in a series called Living in Love and so we're going to do that in just a minute. But if you stand with me right now, Lord, we thank you for this beautiful day of baptism, and we thank you for the connections that have already happened, and we thank you for what's going to happen here in these next few moments. So breathe into it. May your blessing rest on the giving, on the connections, on the handshakes, the hugs, and the smiles, and uh, bring us back with open hearts, and we ask it in your name, Jesus. Amen. Do you have just a few minutes to connect with someone, and I'll call you back. to you, we are in the book of Revelation. And so we've been going through the whole New Testament for the whole time, the whole year. And I just felt a couple of weeks ago that I wanted to share something about the love of God. It just felt heavy on me. So we've been doing this thing called love lifts, love this and that. And, love, and, and we've got the, uh, several things we're putting together. But it's about living in Living in love. So I just want to kick off quickly, go right to Revelation 3, which was part of what I'm going to read for you. It was read this morning. Blake already, already captured it, so I'm happy about that. Revelation 3, verses 18, 19, and, and part of 20. So Blake is not wrong. The book of Revelation is not the revelations. It is revelation. But it's the revelation of Jesus Christ, the entire book. The entire book is about who Jesus is. And so I hope that comes out for you today. I'm reading out of the message. It says, here's what I want you to do. Buy your gold from me, gold that's been through the refiner's fire. This would be in red letters, probably in your Bible. If you have a Bible with red letters, this is going to be red letters. So he says, here's what I want you to do. Buy your gold from me, gold that's been through the refiner's fire. Then you'll be rich. Buy your clothes from me, clothes that are designed in heaven, you've gone around half naked long enough. And buy medicine for your eyes from me so you can see, really see. And when we look at that, right, he's talking about, hey, buy the gold here, that's the currency, buy the clothes here, buy the salve for your eyes here. But he throws in that little editorial. Did you notice it? You've gone around half naked long enough. Verse 19. He says this, the people I love. So this is the love in action part. Last week, Kelsey preached, love lifts. Well, in this chapter right here, he says, the people that I love, what happens? He said, I call to account. 
prod and correct and guide so that they live at their best. Up on your feet then. About face. What's the word for about face? Repent, right? We turn. We repent. About face. Run after God. Verse 20. Look at me. I stand at the door. I knock. If you hear me, call. And you open the door. I'm going to come right in and sit down to supper with you. So, again, last week we heard love lifts. And the week before that we recognized that you can't even say you love God if you don't love other people. Like, so we're figuring out this whole thing about how we love. And today, living in love looks like this. Love disciples. Love disciples. Now, I'm going to hit you with a lot of words that are much easier to define than disciples. But really, the word disciples captures it all. Verse 19 is what love does. The people I love, I call to account. I prod, I can uh, correct, I, I guide. But, but really, it's in the context of 18 through 20. And I just want to let you hear some things that love does for us. Love sees. Love sees. In the counseling world, it's become trendy in the last couple of years that people will look to you and they will say, I see you. 25 years ago, if you'd sat with your counselor and they looked up to you and said, I see you, they might have replied, I hope so, because I'm sitting right here. But it implies something else. Not just I see you in that jacket and those shoes and that sweater, but I, I see you. You mean something to me. There's value in it. Love sees. Love overlooks. Did you know that love overlooks? There's a scripture that says love overlooks a multitude of sins. Some translations say offense. Love overlooks a multitude of sin, a multitude, not two or three or five or ten or twelve, a multitude. Do we have a multitude of people here today? I don't even know if the number of people here in the room would be considered a multitude. But think of all the folks here. If every person represents an offense and love overlooks a multitude of wrongs done, that's what love does. Love sees. But love also overlooks. And, and, and in, the, uh, in the Proverbs 19, it says it's a glory to overlook an offense. If you overlook, if I offend you and you overlook it, do I look at you and go, chump? <laughs> That's what I do. Like, got one over on you. Huh? No, 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 no. True leadership. True pastoral care. Sees. And overlooks. It is a glory to overlook an offense. There, there's this wheel that I came across years ago. It's about conflict and the things that you can do in conflict. So if someone is like aggressive with you or, or offensive in some way, you can deny it. Denying may, may not be healthy. But denial is one aspect. And then the next thing is you can just overlook it. And the Bible tells us overlooking it's okay. But then you can click it up a notch. You can negotiate, have a conversation about it. You can negotiate. You can mediate. Mediate would be I have someone else come in, a third party. Sharon, would you help? I have a conflict with Jeremy. Would you please come in and mediate this for us? And then I can click it up another notch and have an arbitrate. 
where you actually pay someone. Like they have a business card that says arbitrator. And they're going to come in and you're going to pay them and they're going to hear both sides. And whatever they say, that's what stands. That's arbitration. So I can deny, I can overlook, I can negotiate, I can mediate, I can arbitrate, I can litigate. Right? <laughs> I can sue you. And we're moving along the wheel. I can assault you or I could kill you. And all of those are options. You offend me and we're not sure which one's coming out, right? All of those are options between denial and kill you. All these things. But overlook is a legitimate option. But discipling someone only overlooks for a moment. There's a moment of overlooking. There's a moment of grace and purpose. And as a leader, I've told folks as a leader, not just in a pastoral setting, but as a business leader, I'll say, hey, just because I didn't tell you about it doesn't mean we don't see it. I'll say that to people in the classes I teach. Just tossing it out there <laughs> that just because I haven't addressed it yet doesn't mean you're flying under the radar. We see it. So you can see it. You can overlook it. But discipleship also provides. It's not just overlooking because a lot of times... The numbers are like this. 10% of people go through life and don't see a thing. Oblivious. Oblivious. <whistles> Floating along like helium balloons. <laughs> like they, just, they see nothing. And then you've got 80% of people that see something but aren't going to do anything about it. That's different than overlooking. When I see something, I'm just not going to do anything about it. And then there's 10% that says, you know what, I see something and I'm going to do something about it. I, what do we say around here at Christway? I'm going to become a face in their story. I'm going to intersect myself in that story. I cannot overlook that any longer. And it's not just, man, you're doing wrong, I can't overlook that any longer. The story, the genesis of the story that created that phrase for me that we say around here... I'm going to be a face in somebody's story. That started from a woman in Detroit, and she was sitting on her porch Saturday morning on her porch drinking coffee, and she saw a woman walking by with a shopping cart, and there were boxes, and there was like a lamp, and she's like pushing along. And the woman on the porch, she looks over, and she's like, what is going on there? And she could not overlook that. She could not let that woman pass. Without stepping up to the edge of her porch, she's like, hey, excuse me, excuse me, what are you doing? <laughs> and the reply was, I'm moving. She said, you're moving like, like your apartment, your house? Yes, I live a couple blocks down here, and I have a different place. I'm moving my apartment goods, my household goods, in a shopping cart. And that woman on the porch said, no, 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 I can't overlook that. I have to become a face in this person's story. And she said, wait, wait, wait one second. Went inside, got her car keys, and she said, here, that's my car. Use my car for as long as you need, and when you're done at the end of the day, just bring it back. And the woman brought it back. Some of you were wondering. <laughs> the woman brought it back and said, no one's ever trusted me like that before. Love sees, love overlooks, but love also provides. He said, buy gold from me. 
Buy clothes from me. Buy the salve of healing. Buy it from me. Now, some of us are like, well, he's just like exploiting people. He's just like making it a little market for himself. Right? We have special holy water for sale after church. If you'd like to come up and dip a piece, right? $29.95, and you can take some of that home, right? You know what's not said there? You know what's not said? What's it cost you to get his clothing? What's it cost you to get his gold? What's it cost us to have his eye salve? Because you're ready, friend, if you know the rest of the book, we don't pay the price. He did. He paid the price for those clothes. Where, pick anything you want. What's it cost me? That's covered. Paid for. Love sees. Love overlooks for a window. Love also provides. He said, you've been half naked long enough. Amen. <laughs> like, you're just looking like, hey, you've been going down this road. I'm with you. I see you. I get it. I know what's going on. But you've been half naked long enough. Let's cover you. You don't have to live in shame. You don't have to live in despair. You don't have to live in want. You and I are not just blessed so we can be blessed. I know you said amen in your heart, right? Didn't you right there? Yeah, yeah. Like... <laughs> Arnick, I need an organ. Where is he? Come on, man. <laughs> That's when the organ would have done that. You're not just blessed for you. You're blessed to be a blessing. And that's what love does. Love is discipleship. Love is discipleship where you actually see. Let me ask you this. Do you see the things around you? Because Jesus does. He sees the stuff in our life. He said, I see you. And I may even overlook for a window, but you know what half naked long enough means? I've been watching you, right? Not like you just show up and you're like, my God, get, get some clothes on. Not that. But I've been watching you. And he comes alongside because that's what discipleship does. It comes alongside and says, hey, haven't we been living that way long enough? Did you know there's another way? I try to do that for you every Sunday. I try to let you realize and see and somehow, isn't, you know what's beautiful about today? These stories. If this is different than any baptism you've ever been to, I'm going to guarantee it's because of the stories. The testimonies of someone saying, here's where I was and I found a different thing and it worked for me. You see, we all find things. We all find them. We all have our drug of choice. Hansi, what did he say? In 22 years, he's had six months of sobriety, if that's what I'm recalling. There are folks in here with addiction longer than 22 years, and what you're addicted to isn't a felony. But it's, a, it's an opposite God. It's an idol. It's something that you're chasing. It's just not worked. Doesn't mean we don't keep coming back to it. And that's the whole point discipleship and love for someone is when you, with boldness, because you actually know, you come alongside and say, hey, there's a better way. We talk about this in the recovery community, and occasionally I'll say this to our team. They're like, well, we need to ask people what they think. I'm like, we actually know what to do. Let's not forget that. 
I know, but it needs to be client-centered. Yeah, I understand the value of client-centered, and I understand the devalue of just rolling over somebody. Totally get that. That's the overlook part. That's the journey with part. But I tell our team, we actually know how to help people get sober and healthy. Like, we're not guessing. It's not formulaic. It's individual. But we actually know that community helps you. And a God power helps you. We know that when you have hope because of something outside of yourself, that helps you. That's not rocket science. And we're not guessing. <laughs> like We know that helps. That's discipleship. You see. So how, how are you seeing? Is it we who need the salve on our eyes? Probably at times. But the power of ministry and the power of discipleship to see. Isaac, how you doing? Pretty good. That's what he says. Anybody say fine as frog hair? Anybody? We got any of those folks in here? I'm fine as frog hair. That's, yeah, fine as frog hair. See, and anybody else? Well, not too bad. What's a fair to Midland? That's a thing, right? Yeah, you say the thing. Isaac, how you doing? Not bad. And then if you ever hear me say, how you doing really? That means that I've got a pot of coffee on <laughs> because I'm seeing something. And I know you don't want to impose that on me or you don't want to look at it yourself or it's hard to deal with. I, I get it. That's my gift to you. How are you doing really? I see, and we can overlook. You've been naked long enough. Maybe we'll start saying that around here. Because <laughs> here's one. You know what? You've been half naked long enough. <laughs> right? You know what we're meaning. We see. This is a place where you can struggle. This is a place where you can be jacked up and broken. We defend the space. I am a defender of this room. More than I'm a defender of doctrine, I'm a defender of this room. I'm a defender of a circle, of a safe space that you can come and go and come and go and come and go and come and go. Because I believe it's in that connection with God, wherever that works for you, that things change. You see, overlook, you provide. Verse 19, look at verse 19. The people I love, I call to account. Some translations say I discipline. But you know the root word of discipline? Disciple. Love disciples. Love disciples. There's punishment and there's discipline. We're not going to go into a parenting 101 class here, but I will say that sometimes the difference between punishment and discipline is if I can look at what you meted out, right? Call it punishment or discipline, whatever. What as a parent if whatever I meet out upon my children, if you can see what I've done or imposed on them, punishment or discipline, we're not sure, and you can figure out what they did, that's pretty close to discipline. Emma's 10 minutes late. Shall I take her phone? Shall I ground her for... Several weeks, shall I grab her car keys or should I say, you know, tomorrow you need to be 10 minutes early. 
Someone just said chump in here. Someone did. Someone just said that. I, I felt that in the spirit. Someone just said, he is a chump. If she's 10 minutes late and all he wants her to be is 10 minutes early, but what am I trying to do? Am I trying to punish her? I'm trying to discipline her. I just want her to look at her watch. So 10 minutes late is 10 minutes early. I'd like to see you 10 minutes early tomorrow. Just trying to disciple. The Lord is trying to come alongside us and help us. It says, I call to account. Love calls to account. Discipleship is calling someone to account. It's not just a back rub. It's not just a, hey, how are you doing today? It is calling to account. But look at what he does. He said, I prod. I correct. And I guide. Prod. Provoke. Ask the questions. Prod. You think about cattle, anybody? Like, that, that's not, you got that for sure. But you know what? When we're, when we're walking with a toddler, I don't see Cohen today. Cohen's not here, is he? Lindsay, Cohen. Cohen, Cohen is this little guy, and he's, he's, he's in his walker in class. And that little dude in this whole place, he's not, he goes for the door. It doesn't matter. You have walls around. He like, he like smells the fresh air, man. He is going for the door. And so as he's, and if you've got toddlers or ever had them, you know what you're doing? You're, okay, they're walking, but you're, that's what we're doing. You're not, and bam, you know, you're, let's, you're just, just, you're just, you're just prompting, just guiding, prodding, 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 correcting, correcting. Correcting isn't screaming at you. Correcting is just correcting your course. I'm prodding. I'm correcting. The captain came up on the bridge when I was on the destroyer. He said, we need to correct our course. Come three degrees left. Okay. No problem. Three degrees left. And we took a new heading. We took a new bearing. Am I the only one that drifts? <laughs> we drift. We need each other to disciple. Each other and help us. And ask that, how are you doing? Really question. Prod. Correct. Guide. And whatever the paradigm is for that, what Jesus does, and I know he's done it with me. Father, yes. Straightforward, yes. Gracious, yes. Long-suffering, oh, man, yes. And I want to emulate that. He said, that's the people I love. I call them to account. I correct I guide, I prod. And then 20, this is the linchpin, the capstone of discipleship. Verse 20. He says, look at me. Isn't that great? Isn't that so excellent that that's in there? Man, that's so good. Look at me. I'm trying to disciple you, but you got to look at me. When I'm mentoring people, and that's our eighth step of the path, is mentoring. That's a step that every person in here, I hope, fills. That step of mentoring. Where you get with somebody and you're like, hey, I know you're struggling. Look at me. You see, we've got to be close enough for me to see you. And we've got to be close enough for you to see me. And he says, I stand at the door and I knock. And if you hear me call and you open the door, what's the end game on discipleship? 
the I see you, I overlook for a season, you've been half naked long enough, that whole thing. I'm providing stuff for you that I've paid for, that whole deal, right? I'm going to guide and prod and correct and disciple you, all of that, for what end? So that you will look at me, the Lord says, and that we can sit together and have a meal. Discipleship happens in that level of proximity. Does discipleship happen in what I'm doing today? No, not really. Nope. I can throw some things out there. You can talk about some stuff. You can begin to think about some things. Throw the seed of the word of God into your heart to prompt a couple of things. Let the light of the word of God show us where we are. Okay, all of that for sure. But it's all about sitting with the Lord and recognizing that he does all those things so he and I can be closer. Now let me wipe out a myth. He doesn't sit with me until I get cleaned up. That's not true. He provides all those things for me. He sees me. He guides me. We don't always do everything he wants, and he still loves us. Is that hard to believe? Do I have a parent of a teenager in the house, anyone? Right? We love them. They don't do what we want. I didn't do what my parents wanted all the time. Their love wasn't in question in my life. It's not a question of love. Love disciples. Now, when we live in love, that's Jesus. That's all red letter. I'm sorry that we can't do the red letter thing on here to make it easier to point to. But in your Bibles, if you had that in your Bible, it's that kind of Bible. It's going to be red letters. Jesus is saying, these are the things I do. Now, if we live in love, my friend, how close are we to that template? How close are we to that template? Now, I'm not discipling you deeply, but I am calling you. Love calls. Love calls you into a space. I'm calling you into that space because I know that when you do those eight steps, your life is going to be full. If you do those things that are identified on that back wall, your life is full. And one of those things is mentoring people and being a voice in their story and being a face in their story and being someone that comes alongside. But what do we have to do first? We have to see them. And then we have to be okay. You don't have to just leap on them. You can overlook and just walk with them. Just walk with them. How are we doing with that? Because we all need to be able to do it. I can see you. I can overlook. I can provide. But then I can call out prod and guide. I can do that. And then I can call you to lunch. One of the things I was thinking of with Ron is how many how much food we've eaten together talking. And different lunches, and I was thinking of different places that we've sat through the years and talked and eaten lunch. You have people in your life that have sat with you. Just how many coffees have you bought? Hundreds sometimes, right? And these things of just life into life, person into person, life into life, person into person. 
come right in and sit down with you. Frankly, for love to disciple, we just need a whole lot more of that. That needs to become priority for us. Whatever else was priority for us. Love lifts. Kelsey, thank you for that beautiful message. Love disciples. But discipling is all these other beautiful things that are gathering people along. And we're simply journeying. I'm going to pray over you, then I'm going to ask Vic to come up and just close us out. I guess before I pray, I hope you'll remember that Three beautiful people that went into this water today called names. And I am very grateful that mine was called. And it is a privilege to be that person. It is a privilege of my life to be that person. But I wasn't the only name called. And there were names that weren't even called that are meaningful. You can't call every name. You know, that's what they say when they get a Grammy Award or something. I called three names and I'm, people are mad at me. I didn't call their name. You can't call every name. Right? I've, never, I've never converted a single person by myself. Never. We're just a bunch, a tapestry of voices and a tapestry of stories and a tapestry of prayer and friendships and connections. And I want you to be able to see that. The power of today is that none of these people got here on their own. They got here because of community. And it wasn't just the community that meets in this building. They got here because of community that God puts together. <laughs> So, Lord Jesus, I am grateful to be a part of that community. And I am thankful for the privilege to be able to serve. Help us as we disciple others. Help us have the courage that you give. Help us see your modeling. Help us have some clarity and understanding about how to do these things, what matters, and, and kick off the things that are pressure. Kick off the things that are just extraneous. Get, get rid of that. And just look to the things that matter. Touch and talk time, food, moments, sharing, honesty, listening, journeying together. Love disciples, love sees, love overlooks, love provides, love prods and guides, love feeds us, love sits together. And all that is discipleship. And you have discipled us and used your body to do it. So I pray, Lord, that in this space today, we could leave this space encouraged by the stories of life change that happened because of discipleship, they happened because of community. And help us all walk in so that the ripples of these waters aren't just in this tank, but they go out further and further and further. And they change our lives and they change our families and they change our city change where we live, who we are, and what we're about. I pray it to be so in your name, Jesus.